Tuesday, February 13th, 2024, Season 3, Episode 2. This is What's Eating Kale, and I'm Kale. day is not getting started anymore until that saxophone blows. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots going on. Uh, the per, the I, I'm noticing this. First of all, I'm spending a lot more time on this program. <clears throat> um, and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not doing it all. Like I'm not getting up at two and I'm doing it in the evenings and uh, during the day if I'm if I'm waiting for something or if I you know just get done with lunch I might take 10 minutes out and, and then I in the evening I I check headlines and I do things my my goal is to take less time early in the morning and have more program that's my goal it's kind of I don't know conflicting I guess uh but that's that's what's going on so these shows are going to be a little bit longer <clears throat> at least in the beginning and the reason I that might not last cuz I might not really be able to sustain it but this is just a hobby, really. Um, also, uh, I am going to potentially start... I shouldn't say potentially. I, I want to promote the show more. I, I haven't really promoted it much. It's just kind of been out there on podcast networks and what have you, and people picked up on it, but um, I, I, I'm i wearing a prototype of a T-shirt, a What's Eating Kale T-shirt. So um, once I have this kind of nailed down, uh, I'll post a picture of it today, um, but once I have it nailed down, I might give some of these away. So just to maybe get what's eating kale in front of people that I wouldn't normally be in front of. But uh, and then uh, I might uh, I might talk about it more in in certain arenas, if you will. Um, but these shows are going to get a little bit longer, uh, at least for the the short term. And so uh, buckle up, my friends. Uh, hopefully. Mostly good news, but I am finding myself getting a little political, and I think because more politics are bleeding through in everyday news and what have you, um, you know, kind of getting geared up for this 2024 god awful election we're about to look at. I, I, if you're excited and you're like, "Oh, I can't wait for the election," my guy's going to totally win. Oh my god! I just, honest to God, you're not wired properly. This is just like the worst case scenario. Ever, in my opinion. So the politics are going to play a little bit more of a role. I'm not going to get overly political. I'm not going to do headlines. I'm not going to talk about the, the thing of the day. But in normal life, um, as things come up, you know, there might be some equating politics or political or social views um, on those things. Today will be maybe a little bit of a dipping my toe into that arena. So um, we'll see how that goes. And, and please let me know what you think it Mail at kalegwin.com or go to the website and just fill out the form that's on the right-hand side of every page. Uh, but for right now, I would rather than uh, worry about those kind of things, I would rather do a little bit of gratefulness. It's time for me to reflect on things that I'm grateful for, things I might forget to be grateful for, and it's a chance for me to remind you to be grateful. Don't forget, because it's easy to be grateful. You just got to take a minute. Take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for compartmentalization. Um, 
I am somewhat good at compartmentalization, um, prioritizing things in my head and putting them in in the proper perspective in my head. I'm pretty good at that. Like if there was a bomb that went off up the road and I didn't get hurt, I'd be able to like, and I was like, my windows blew out and stuff, but I didn't get hurt. I would know what to, I like, I'm the guy that would be able to go, okay, here's what we got to do. Um, I don't know why I have that, but in everyday life, that's kind of a good thing to have just because, you know, life comes at you kind of fast some days. Anyway, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for doggy daycare because I have so much fun there when Lisa takes me. Just kidding. Yeah. I'm grateful for doggy daycare because uh, it, it gives our dog Bella a really full day and she's young and sometimes I don't think that we can give her enough fun during the day like a young dog should have. I'm grateful for sanity. It's seemingly rare today. I'm serious. I just, I, I'm like, man... I know why it's happening. I know that the media stirs it, the politicians stir it. I know that everybody, but man, people are just pegging the needle on craziness, it seems lately. So when you find sanity, it's really nice. I like it. I'm grateful that the sun's hanging out a little bit more these days, a little lighter in the morning, lighter earlier and lighter late in the afternoon. It's nice. So don't you forget to be grateful, all right? Seriously, it's... It's worth it. And if you're grateful for someone, make sure you tell them. All right, time for some celebrity birthdays. Um, Tomorrow, by the way, you might want to tune in for celebrity birthdays because there's a ton of huge birthdays tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Huge. Uh, Today's not so bad. Kim Novak is uh, 91 years old. Bo Svensson of Walking Tall is 83. That's Walking Tall back in the day. Walking Tall of the 70s version. Actor Stocker Chan- Channing is 80 years old. She was uh, in Greece. She was Rizzo. I think that was her name. Uh, Peter Gabriel is 74. Love Peter Gabriel. God, what a great... Uh, just... Uh, I love Peter Gabriel. Uh, David Naughton is 73. He's an actor and singer. Bassist Peter Hook of New Order and the Joy Division. Uh, he's uh, 68. Henry Rollins, if you remember him back from the 80s and 90s, he's uh, 63. Singer Freedom Williams of CNC Music Factory. Uh, just what I remember, that I just, I can't do it right now. I'm not prepared to do it, but uh, CNC Music Factory, wasn't it Freedom? No, that was, uh, that was somebody else, but they had that huge song that I was a DJ back in the 90s, and I, when you play that song on the dance floor, just instantly fill up. Anyway, Freedom Williams is 58 years old. Todd Harrell of Three Doors Down is 52. Drummer Scott Thomas of Parmalee is 51. Singer Feist is 48. I barely know who she is. This last one surprised me a little bit. Mina Suvari is 45, I, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but it seems like she's been around forever. And I thought she was much older than 45. Like, well into her 50s, I would have imagined. So if you want to get your birthday or somebody you know or loves birthday on the program, just mail at kalegwin.com. That's M-A-I-L at C-A-L-E-G-U-I-N.com. And I will do my best to get those on. Hopefully, it happens on a weekday. Time for some entertainment and other non-political headlines. Let me do some scratch in here for a little bit, though.
So still today, uh, all of the headlines in entertainment revolve around the, the, the Super Bowl. There's some, some weird ones, but they're not. I, I don't know. I don't even know the celebrities in them mostly. Uh, but the, it's still Super Bowl-esque headlines. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey raged with the chain smokers post Malone to celebrate their Super Bowl win. I'm sure you've heard about this and seen the pictures. They had a huge party. Um, went on all night long. And um, a three-time Super Bowl MVP and his, his bestie were just giving her all night long. They even got behind the DJ booth a little bit. They were already raging by the time they showed. Like, there was already people there, and they're already like going bananas. They started popping bottles right after the locker room and right in the locker rooms, and then they go on to this thing. So I'm sure those guys were just, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I would want to be just hammered for that. I don't care how many Super Bowl wins it would be. I would want to kind of take them all in. Now, that's not to say that I wouldn't enjoy a couple of cocktails. You know, some champagne, you know, I'm sure it would be dumped on me at some point in time because I would have been the hero, of course. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, just seriously, I don't know that I'd want to be hammered. I'd, I'd want to just, I don't know, enjoy it, soak it in. Um, I forgot to do this yesterday, but I have this still uh, for the next story. Kate Hudson and Goldie Hawn celebrate their family dog being in the Super Bowl ad. So this is kind of cool in a weird way because you never hear of this. And you, everyone saw this ad. Their dog, Roy, was in the heartwarming Budweiser commercial. The ad kicks off in a colossal snowstorm delaying the delivery of some beer to a deprived pub. So they resort to you know, putting it on a, uh, you know, on a, on a wagon with horses because the horses can make it through, but they can't find their way. So then this dog jumps out. He comes running out. I'll get you there. Like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, kind of. And he navigates him through the snow to the pub. And at, eventually, with Roy's help, everybody shows up. And that beer shows up at the bar. And everything's great. That's Goldie Hawn and Kate Hudson. Well, it's actually Goldie Hawn and um, her family's dog. And Kate Hudson was with them for the Super Bowl, and they all celebrated. And they all gathered around when Roy's commercial was coming on. Um, at the end, of course, Roy and the Clydesdale was Roy's kissing the Clydesdale. It's, a, it's an adorable commercial, one of the better ones I thought. <clears throat> Ryan Reynolds was joking that um, he 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 sent out a tweet and during the I I don't know do you call it a tweet anymore or do you call it he sent out an X I don't know fucking Elon Musk uh, he sends out a tweet. Has anyone seen Dead the Deadpool trailer? And then he says, also, has anyone seen my wife? Which was funny because his wife was standing next to Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl in, um, in Vegas. And you know, clearly Ryan Reynolds in his post is at home watching the game on TV. Uh, so that was kind of funny. Uh, Lisa didn't, she had very uh, curly hair uh, at the Super Bowl. And Lisa didn't recognize her. I'm like, that's, that's the lovely Blake Lively. Um, anyway, uh, Ryan Reynolds, funny as always, Deadpool 3, I hope it's as good as Deadpool 1. I like Deadpool 1 immensely, like Deadpool 2, but not quite as much as Deadpool 1, and I'm, I, I'm just guessing, uh, especially because Wolverine will be there and Hugh Jackman and what have you, I think Deadpool 3 is going to kill it. Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl hero, hits Disney parade after, so they do this all night ra- rager. And there's this big headline, Patrick Mahomes is at, I'm like, Jesus. Now, 
whatever. He's I, I, hours. Like he stopped partying, got on a plane, went to Disney World. Um, so I just Disneyland. Actually, I apologize. He went to Disneyland. Um, so I, I, I don't know how they do that. And I know they're young. I get it. And I probably did. You know what? I know I did. I know for a fact that I have been drunk as the sun was coming up and had to be to work by nine. I know that happened to me in my 20s. Now, I didn't have a serious job. In fact, I can tell you one time I was going to work at a liquor store <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning whilst still uh, under the influence. So I guess when you're young, maybe. But I, man, I can tell you right now, that sounds awful to me. Uh, Usher tied the knot with his longtime girlfriend after the Super Bowl performance. Okay, now I have to say what you will about the Super Bowl performance. I thought parts of it were great. I love Alicia Keys. I love her. Um, you know, the, the big songs that I recognize, which is only one or two. Um, it, it was fine. It was, it was cool. I liked the roller skating thing. That was pretty neat. Um, but man, you do that and then you're like, hey, let's, you had to prepare for that. It's not, they had a marriage license the whole nine years. They had that all done already. Um, so I don't know. I thought that was kind of, uh, kind of interesting. And I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like if I'm the significant other, I'm like, well, let's try to squeeze the wedding in here too. I, I'm going to be a little busy that day, but let me just clear a little time on my schedule and we'll get married. All right. This is a new segment that, um, I'm doing that didn't exist last year, the year before. And uh, by the way, the lyrics right there, I bet you never thought. And this is all good news. So I call this, and I, I, I haven't done a good job of branding the individual segments yet, but I will, I promise. I'm going to get better at that. This is called The Good News. So when you hear this music, we're about to do a good news story. I'm going to try to do this every day. But remember, I got to go find this stuff. and I don't always have that kind of time. So hopefully, uh, I'll be able to keep this up. This story is a good one. A warehouse worker in England uh, used to entertain his friends with his Elvis impersonations. And um, they kind of did some underhanded stuff, got him noticed by the right people, and he's now a $500 a night uh, tribute, Elvis tribute guy. His name is Danny Turney. Uh, he worked at a ra- uh, warehouse for 15 years as a forklift operator. And um, during the COVID pandemic, he was in his kitchen and his wife filmed him and put it on Facebook. And he never wanted to be, have anything to do with social media. So he's, but his wife does this and he's like, well, it got like a lot of people liked it. And they said he should do a charity. So he does a charity for his grandma. Uh, she passed away and she was kind of his influence for why Uh, He liked Elvis and kind of got into impersonating Elvis. But one of his buddies recorded that and sent that on to MK Promotions without him knowing it. So Danny doesn't know that anybody has this. And he suddenly starts getting these calls and he he doesn't recognize the number so he doesn't answer like we all do. And uh, he finally calls back and the guy's like, I've seen your videos and I want to give you some work. And he's like, what videos are you talking about? I have no idea. And uh, he is now Danny Graceland. And he realized, hey, I can go back to that forklift job anytime I want, even if I got to work my way back up. So he quits his job. He's inundated with offers and gigs. Uh, got to the point where he did 18 shows over one weekend. 
And uh, the data too says it was never part of the plan. Uh, I, I've got a wife and kids and a mortgage. I never thought I'd be doing this. Um, it seems to be working out pretty good for him though. He said his daughter, who's nine, thinks he's famous after he appeared on TV, but uh, he's just an average Joe, he says. I like to think I'm a humble guy. I coach football in my spare time, and I play darts. And my guess is when he says football, we say soccer. Uh, but now he's got this whole thing going on, and he just wants to take advantage of this opportunity while he can. 500 bucks a night. If you go to whatseatingkale.com, there's actually a video of him performing. It, he's excellent. He is just freaking Excellent. And it's so cool to hear stories like that, right? Like just humming along in your ordinary life and then you just get this extraordinary thing that happens to you. All right. That's a feel-good story. And I think my last story is kind of a fun feel-good story too. Um, It's got a little bit of an edge to it. though. I'm going to tell you that right now. But I really like this story. So let me let this finish here. Uh, so while Lisa and I have been on vacation, we've met some really cool people over the, over the years. Uh, one time we met a Canadian doctor and his nurse wife who, uh, we met just as Obamacare and Affordable Care Act, uh, slash Affordable Care Act were going to probably be passed. So we were asking them what's it like to have kind of universal health care, And he asked about Brett Favre, oddly. I think Brett Favre might've been just retiring or something at the time. Maybe he went to, I, I don't know, but I remember that being part of the conversation. Uh, we met a newlywed uh, or a, a couple who had a newly wheelchair bound son, and they they stopped us and were like, "Hey, we had a nice conversation with them. Uh, would my son like to travel? Do you think? And is it hard?" And so that was really cool. Um, the group we were certain was super political, who turned out to be we hate all politics and politicians. Uh, they were really a fun group. We wound up spending some time with them and hanging out with them. Um, the girl who seemed like a drunken buffoon. Uh, all dolled up in a bikini and just like kind of making a fool of herself all the time. Well, at some point in time, we wind up just kind of catching her on her own and we sat and chatted for a little while. Turns out she's a former collegiate swimmer who endured some abuse uh, that was very similar to what the U.S. gymnastics scandal, which was going on right at that time. And so we meet this woman and she's just super articulate, super smart. And uh, she's just like, well, we're from L.A. And so they look different and act different like they they just look like i don't know to us in the midwest they're like way out there and uh and then of course you know just kind of got the wrong impression there uh we met a doctor and his physical therapist wife uh she was on crutches at the time but they faked and helped others fake their covid statuses so they could travel um that was an interesting conversation and and meet up uh we also met a couple in jamaica who lived near us in uh waukesha and they knew that my buddy Brad was building his new gym before I did. thought that was kind of funny. Anyway, on this trip, we met a couple from upstate New York. We talked to them uh, more than anybody else. Uh, but there was a, we were walking in to the resort. When we were very first walking in, this young lady sees our shirts. Lisa was wearing a Badger shirt and I was wearing a Packer shirt. A lovely light green poly blend Packers t-shirt. And uh, she just beamed this gigantic smile. And she says, Wisconsin, I went to school there. And Lisa joked back, I'm pretty sure I went there a few decades earlier than you. We kept moving because we were keeping pace with the guy who had our luggage. And uh, But when we were walking away, I'm like, wow, she seemed really awesome. That her smile was just like, holy crap. Like you, She just seemed, just exuded happiness. 
and uh, we should chat with her and, you know, whoever she's here with. And Lisa goes, she, that was a guy. I was like, no way, no way. And just between us, I kind of thought she was hot, sporty kind of way. She had that little bouncy ponytail on top of her head, that smile. I mean, just blew up the room. I hadn't seen a smile so genuine in a long time. But our debate kind of goes on for the next day or two. And as we would see them, like, you know, we'd be up in our room and, we'd, you know, you're looking out over the thing, you'd see them. And I started doubting myself because it's definitely on the more masculine side. Um, we saw her out walking and she was wearing pants and her girlfriend was wearing a sundress. And I'm like, oh, I, I, that's, I think you're right. That's a dude. Then on day two, we saw her and her girlfriend, her wife, at the pool, and she was in a bikini. I win. Supreme ruler of the world. And we finally saw her on our last day, and we said hello and asked uh, how her trip is going. And again, gigantic smile. Uh, she said it was going great. And um, anyway, I, I just I was a little sad that we didn't get to know them better. Um, Lisa thought she might be transitioning. I assumed she was just a lesbian. You know, it's simple as that. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. She seemed to be exuberantly happy. And like all of us, she's, whatever her story is, she's just trying to make her way. But it got me thinking. No matter what her story is, I know people who would condemn her. And admittedly, we, were, we live in a world where, you know, this big change, right? Like we, we couldn't have predicted that, you know, things would be this way, like so out in the open and so, you know, transgender and all these things are, are out there in everyday life where 10, 20 years ago, they just wouldn't have been. And I think that those people have a hard time adjusting and thinking that, well, that's different and that's wrong because it's not me. Um, but two things strike me when I think about the people who would condemn her for either being a lesbian or transitioning or whatever. I mean, I, whatever her story is, just because she's different, um, they would condemn her. And the two things that strike me are this. When did it become access, acceptable as an American or even as a human being with any iota of common sense to judge anyone different from you? And you judge them as inferior or not worthy of the same freedoms or rights that you have. As an American, one legally living here in the United States, how is it so easy to forget that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that we are endowed by, the, that all citizens are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable, this is always a hard word for me to say, unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's our declaration of independence which is what creates our country and separates us from England. It was enacted back in 1776, but patriots fought to the death to defend the notion that all men are created equal for another seven years after that. Some people I know seem to think that the text reads, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness unless my ignorance and fear cause me to disagree. That's just, it's so effed up. 
I'm not even done with my first point yet, by the way. For those who point to the Constitution and use whatever remedial understanding they have of it, that document is also clear that all citizens have the same right, whether you agree or not. In fact, the Constitution is actually pretty clear right from the get-go, but then there's the 14th Amendment that goes double down to clarify and include everyone when it comes to having the same rights. And then there's the people who are going to be like, the Bible says it's wrong. You have every right to believe as you believe. But then so does everyone else. That truth alone begs the question, which version of the Bible is the right version? Let's also remember the Bible has been managed and deciphered by mere mortal men, imperfect men. And some of those men, a lot of those men, had ulterior motives as to what to do with the Bible. There are entire sections known to be lost or omitted from the from any Bible version that we know. No matter how hard you research, you'll never find support to claim that the Bible is an accurate translation of the Word of God. I say that and I, I believe that there's a creator, a greater power. I also believe that one of the qualities that God gave us that separates us from other living organisms is free will. So whether someone's path is a choice or if they're hardwired, if you believe then you have to recognize either way, that's the work of God. The damnable sin of self-righteousness. That's from the Bible. And the second thing, your differences and your abnormalities, more appropriately, your inability to see handicaps, including your own, your, your, in fact, just your inability to see your handicap, you obviously just see everybody else's. It's like you've got it all figured out and you think everybody should look to you for guidance on how to live properly. You're more un-American and more offensive to more people than any of those that you judge. It probably sounds like I'm being judgy or I'm preaching or as if I feel like I know better. And that the exact opposite of that is true. I am not perfect, but I do know one thing I don't know. I do my best to live and let live, embrace all the differences, I try to recognize when I'm intolerant and I'm try, I try to be the first person to recognize it when I'm wrong and say I'm wrong. I also know that those who are most welded to their convictions and beliefs, or at least pretend to be, also don't know. They don't know. No matter how loud they are, no matter how many words they use, they don't know. I missed an opportunity to meet that smiling young woman in Jamaica, but I like to think her pursuit of happiness is going quite well. So fuck anybody who thinks she's doing it wrong. And of course, all that said, I do also have to consider that perhaps she's a complete asshole with a great smile. <laughs> That's it's eating kale today. Carol Sunbury, Ben Hotesall coming up tomorrow. Until the next time, make it a good one.